Hello, everybody. This is episode number 204 of the Wild Edge of Being Human podcast. I'm your host, Allison Crow, and I have Heather Doyle Frazier today. It's been a long time coming. We originally had this scheduled in February, and now it's practically December. Not really, it's July. No, don't say that. <laughs> I'm excited to bring this conversation and I'll tell you, Heather, you don't know this. What made me go, oh yeah, we got to reschedule this with Heather was I got off the phone with a past client last week who I've known for a long time. So I know her personality. I know her voice. I know her mojo. I know a little bit about what she's writing and wants to be writing. And I said, listen, normally I'd ask a lot of questions and do all these things, but I am telling you, run, do not pass go, do not stop. I need you to go straight to Heather and um, work with her. As I'd start out in her um, program that's coming up this fall, but then you're also going to want to work with her one-on-one. So y'all welcome Heather Doyle Frazier publisher yep. of Compassionate Mind Collaborative. Did I say that? I mean, say that right, yep. publishing. Yep. And uh, she is also a writer herself and a singer. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was my book coach. And also you did a lot of organizational editing for my book too. Mm-hmm. So um, I want to share a little bit about that process with everybody and And why, I'm going to ask you a lot of questions, but I want to set the stage that in our industry, there's a lot of wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, publishing. Mm -hmm. And then also, um, towards the end of this process with you, I was diagnosed with ADHD and that can make writing a book and finishing and organizing really complicated mm-hmm. and this can be a really shitty process if you're not careful with your with who you choose to work with and yeah. how you choose to create and put your creativity out in the world so welcome heather thank you glad so much. Here. <laughs> i'm so glad to be here uh, um how did you end up starting your own publishing company Oh, okay. Uh, well, I have been in the publishing industry since 1997. It's been a minute. I know. It's been a while. It's been a minute. Yeah. So I started in traditional publishing and um, was really, I've always been in love with books and um reading and writing myself and the relationship that you have when you're holding a book. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like books are all about relationship hundred percent of the time. So I, and even, so even before I entered publishing, I was um, in love with books and that's why I entered publishing. Um, so 
I spent, you know, until 2010 in traditional publishing. And um, for me, it just wasn't, when I left, it just wasn't a value alignment anymore for me. And um, it just, um, I was ready to actually say goodbye to publishing other than publishing my own books. I mean, and, and write books. I was ready to leave, completely leave the industry. And um, I took a break, took a job um, at a um, university as a project director for a very large education grant. And um, in that space and time was able to kind of reevaluate what I wanted to be doing. And when I was in publishing, I was what's called a development editor. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that is not a um, grammar editor. That's not a copy editor. That's not a redline editor. That is an editor that helps you develop your manuscript. Yeah. Um, yes. So this is the part I get excited about because yeah. nobody knows what that is. And without that, I would never have finished my book. Yes. It, that is like someone, a partner with you to help you develop the content the organization, the flow, the cadence, the, the strengths of your voice. Um, so when I, whenever I'm coming in to um, work on a book with someone, I'm looking for, okay, what are the strengths of this person's voice and how can we make the most of those? How can we bring those out even more? And how can we, you know, like highlight that even more? So that's what I did in publishing. Um, moved up to the point where I couldn't really go much higher in what my current role, I was an executive development editor. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I left there just, I was pretty disillusioned with the whole industry at the time. Mm -hmm. And um, I then again said, I took this job with the grant. It gave me the space. And like, even though I was doing this big job, it gave me the space to say, okay, what do I really want to do? And because I had been in that um, company for so long, I was the person who was doing a lot of coaching and mentoring of new editorial people as they came in, like editorial assistants, development editors, um, different people like that. And um, I was also doing a lot with the clients that I was working. I mean, not they weren't clients that the authors I was working with um, on their books because Writing is such a vulnerable, um, raw uh, experience, the process. And even when you feel like, I got this candled, I have this covered, um, something is going to come up during the process that is difficult and challenging. And so I spent a lot of time helping people through um, quote-unquote writer's block, which I think is really just what that is, is a fear or resistance underneath the writing that you need to work through. And um, it's not kind of like a, it's not good. You're not going to work through that. Like, I, I just need more self-discipline. I just need more will to do it. It's not going to be one of those things usually. Um, You mean we can't beat the shit out of ourselves into publishing a book? Uh-uh. Not in my experience. Um, I mean, you can, but I don't think that that's the book you're going to want to, uh, you know, right. be re- reading and writing. Right. So left that, decided I was going to go into coaching. So then, because I had done, you know, I had a large part of my job had been coaching people. And so I, you know, went through a coach training and was going to open my own 
coaching business. Um, mm-hmm. And I did in 2012. And I was very clear that I was doing like life coaching and I was not going to be um, going doing anything in publishing except for writing my own books. Mm-hmm. So then um, this is a really long story. So <laughs> you didn't know what you... Well, I think it's important. <laughs> and you know, I always tell... I mean, I've known Heather for a long time and you you have some really amazing skills that we don't talk about on social media all the time, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, and, and you also have a history and a credibility that I think is really valuable from your past ex- experience, having worked in the publishing industry, having been an executive in the publishing industry and, I I want that. Yes. I want I want to bring that forward, and it was one of the reasons why I, I. I mean, I know you and all that too, but it was also one of the reasons, in especially in this day and age where we can all create our own businesses, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, not knocking anybody who's done that, but if you're if you're an aspiring author like I was, I am now an official author. Um, you know, I, I think before self-publishing was an option, you know, you you submitted your book proposals and got an agent and did all these things. And then there's the whole behind the scenes stuff that, you know, that could probably be a whole nother conversation. And I know that's not your ethos to just bash a whole industry. But I think, you know, we're always comparing um, our inner experience to what we're seeing on the outside. Yeah. And you know that and you know how to translate so i experience you as having taken your heartbreak from the industry mm-hmm. and the things that you did not like that you saw behind the scenes and create a space and a loving mandate for that um in in your own publishing company and, um, yeah, that is true yeah that is yeah. that is what so, i do it's okay for it to be a long story okay so yeah. you got the space yeah i i <laughs> started my life coaching practice and the very first client that I started working with, <laughs> of course, uh, about two months into our coaching time together, um, she was really struggling. She's like, Oh, just the thing that's really bothering me is this book. Oh my gosh, I'm writing this book and I just don't even know what to do. But I was like, Oh, well, we could talk about that a little bit uh, because <laughs> of this history. I could do, you know, like, let's talk about a book. So I started doing that. And then I, I started coaching her through the book writing and then developing her manuscript with her and all of the pieces, the raw pieces that come up and rub against each other when you're writing a book. And it worked really, really well. And it just so happened, and I did not market this, but um, every client that I was getting was writing a book or wanted to write a book. So then I said, you know, I am going to do this together because it makes so much more sense. And this is what was really the humanity piece of this was really missing in the industry when I was working in it. Um, And I I have a feeling it hasn't gotten any better. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I also was doing obviously my own exploration on different things. And um, I, my husband is a therapist and he Mm -hmm. was um, 
looking into um, different modalities, um, acceptance commitment therapy and compassion-focused therapy. And when he was talking about compassion-focused therapy, especially, I was like, I do a lot of these things informally and I want to learn more about this. And they have compassionate, the the non-therapy version of compassion-focused therapy is called compassionate mind training. Um, very similar to um, uh, mindful compassion. Um, mm-hmm. um, so, so mindful self-compassion. So I started going to trainings with him because it's, because it's not just their therapy. It's not just in the therapy mm-hmm. um, range. It's also outside of that too. So I started going to some different trainings with him through the compassionate mind foundation. And um I had the opportunity to actually be with the founder of that uh, modality, Dr. Paul Gilbert. And um, he was talking about how he created this and it was, and why he created this. Um, And it was in the nine, he created this in the nineties. And he said, I created this specifically for people who suffered from extreme um, self-criticism, shame and anxiety. And I was, I mean, and that to me, that's like most of humanity or all of humanity. But also, if like you looked at a handful of writers, just a handful, just a handful of us. Hey, that's me. Because I said, oh, that's me. Um, And I'm a writer and I know my experience with so many people. And so I really started diving deep into that and integrating those practices formally into my coaching Mm -hmm. Uh, authors and um, and writers and um, it was a perfect match as I you know felt it would be and I feel like it is you know that when we say compassion I'm talking about the the definition I'm using is um, you know the ability to see the pain and suffering in yourself and in others and then the willingness and motivation to do something to help alleviate or prevent that suffering in some way. Um, so if I can help someone to help themselves with that, um, and realize it's not your fault that you are having these, you know, thoughts, feelings, all of the emotions, everything, it's just because you're human. It's because Mm -hmm. you're human that you're having Mm -hmm. these experiences. Um, so I started integrating that and And at the same time, you know, at first when I started, I was just doing the development piece. And then I had a couple clients, we got to the, you know, end of the development and editorial piece. And they're like, well, now what am I going to do with this? (laughs) I need to put it out in the world. And, and really up until that point in time, it was very difficult to Mm self-publish a book. Um, because we did not have print on demand. Now we have print mm-hmm. on demand. And, and that started in that, you know, like, um, that was becoming very widely available in like 2010. And up. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, I used myself as a guinea pig for the first book that I did. And, um, I, you know, went through, did, had, designer, all of the things. And because I was in publishing, I knew people who had also left. So I had the executive, you know, people who had all the expertise and um, they just weren't working in traditional publishing or maybe they're freelancing or whatever. Mm 
Um, so I, uh, just kind of tapped, like knocked on, you know, some virtual doors and said, Hey, what are you doing? Do you want to do a project for me? Um, and brought people in to do all the things that I would be working with them in a traditional publishing house, Mm -hmm. just not in that environment. So, um, I started bringing all of those pieces together and then realized, um, Oh, I have a hybrid publishing company now. Whoops, whoops, I created a publishing company. But I love, to me, that says, um, you know, it's so easy to be intentional about something and cultivate it. And I have a great respect for that. And I often find that we don't see our gifts when we're living in them. And we may look up and realize, oh, this is what I've done by being in my gifts and with the resources available to me. And so that's what I see that you've done. And and then since that awareness, obviously you've been very intentional and yes. I've worked with many of your team members and met a few of the newer people coming on. And, um, you know, I've, I've been through the entire process with you and consulted with somebody on your team about my audio book. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I, I don't, I don't even remember. I wish I could remember what I thought writing a book involved before I decided to write a book. But I think I must have known because like many people, I wanted to write a book at 19. Mm -hmm. And very few people who want to write a book have never, like almost everybody's thought for a really long time. It's not like they wake up one day and just think like, I've never, ever, ever thought about writing a book ever. And now I'm going to today. No. Right. Well, there's so many, I just, just, just before meeting with you, when I was sitting outside, I, I met with a client today and without disclosing anything, there was something in the way they showed up. And I felt like it had been a couple of weeks since I talked to them. It was, it was like, I don't know. I was like, have I talked to you before? It feels weird. But it was so obvious that they have done a little bit of practice at least more than once since we met because there was a big shift in a certain energy um, that could only change with practice. Practice, yeah. And practice. (laughs) What I now get that I didn't get even, I I don't know, even short time ago short meaning 10, seven years ago. Nervous system, which you you bring into nervous system is primary. Nervous system is primary. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And then the compassionate state of being, but the practice. Yeah. And that My my brain stopped. That's literally what the pause is, those of you who are listening on the podcast. My brain stops firing because it it can't comprehend that somebody would sit down and bang out something and then put it out into the world, um, whether it's my own limiting beliefs or whatever. And I also know that the kind of book that I wanted to write and that the kind of book that most of the people I know want to write, there there is a relationship with the author, the writer, the work, it's not just purely functional. And it's a complicated relationship. It's a beautiful relationship. Some days it is um, divorce, threatening, (laughs) other, you know, and so it really does require 
a, a tending and a care and skill mm-hmm. and um, and the piece that real I mean you have a lot of pieces but for me the piece I truly could not have done mm-hmm. without was the organizational development mm-hmm. I think I could have put something out there I don't I don't I you helped me gather my thoughts into the melody that my book ultimately became. And what's interesting is I use that on purpose because music is not one of my primary languages. There are some people that, um, you know, like my husband, when a song comes on the radio, he starts singing and he tells me to sing and I get all frozen. I, I, I enjoy music, but there's, there's something missing there for me. And yet, I wanted my final work to have a rhythm and have a congruence and tell a story. And, you know, I I didn't want it to read like a computer print-off, obviously. And so, you were able to help me with song and verse to extend the metaphor and the melody. And, um, And then I was like, oh, yeah, and she's a singer, too, right? Like... But you're able to bring that creative side of you into something very functional, which is a rare gift. Because mm. I can do math, but I can't do math while I'm doing creativity. Mm-hmm. And you're those two combine. Um, Thank you. I started out with you. I'm, I'm going to obviously my frame of reference is having work with you. And I, I don't remember how many years ago you sent me a message and we're like, Hey, you know, this class you teach could be a book. And you sent me an outline. Yeah. I and think so maybe like 2014, 15, something probably like that. 14, 15. Cause that's when I taught that class, 2015, yeah. 16 and 17. And I've never written that book and it probably won't ever be written and that's okay. Um, but it did introduce me to your compassionate writer process, which I think is a, wonderful place for people who are getting to be really serious about writing a book mm-hmm. to give yourself a little structure and community and experience working with Heather through a process that will set you up for the diving, the full on diving in commitment. Do you want to share with us a little bit about that? Um, workshop and what it's meant to do and we'll make sure all the links and stuff are in the um, the show notes but give us the ethos and zeitgeist and of that course that yeah. you have coming up this fall yeah it's a six-week program and it it was I I created that to have a like group experience for the foundational things that I do one-on-one with every single person that I work with. And I realized I was trying to think about like, how could I, how could I, I really wanted to have a group program because there's so many misconceptions around what writing a book is like and what writing is like there. I mean, it's usually opposite ends of the spectrum either mm-hmm. you're going you have this vision of being in a flow state a hundred percent of the time possibly sitting beside a pond 
breeze going through your hair and maybe you're in the south of France. I don't know. That's one of those. That's one of the, the visions you have. But definitely right. that vision of like flow, right? It's just. Right. I'm going to lock myself in a hotel away from my husband and kids and dogs and all the needs. And on, on Sunday night, I'm going to come home with my manuscript. It's going to flow. Just going to no. be so yeah. flow. Okay. Yeah. Um, And the other side of that is um, the flip side. So either people think this or they think it's, I have to be in misery. I have to be like, I'm, I need to like drown out my sorrows with the, with a drink. And, you know, like I, you know, that (laughs) tortured writer. Yes. The tortured writer. Um, So you have these two, um, two kind of contradictory competing visions that it's out there in our, imagination is what a writer looks mm-hmm. like you know um and so when you're alone doing that you have no reference for what is typical really what mm-hmm. is normal common expected all mm-hmm. of these things and i'll tell you what it's not those two things <laughs> And those two things are ripe for self-criticizing parts, shame parts, and anxiety what? parts to yeah. really get flared up and active um, and mean and 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 even make you quit. Yeah, um, yeah absolutely. And so yeah. I really wanted to create a, a group program so people would would feel and see like, oh, all of these questions, fear, doubt, uncertainty, everything that I am feeling is completely right on time. Right. Everyone is feeling this way when they're doing this. Um, And I can say that. I can say I've worked with hundreds of people and everyone has these experiences. And you are going to say like, thank you, Heather. That's very nice to hear. I don't really believe you except for me. Not as bad as me. So I, but when you're in a group together, you hear people say these things and you're like, oh, me too. Me too. So I was trying to figure out, okay, what could I do in a group? Because it is so highly writing is so highly individual. What could I, and the foundational piece is the piece. Um, Mm -hmm. So really talking about um, why you're writing this book. And it's not just like that surface level why that maybe like you've talked about a bunch of times. There's something underneath that. There's always Mm -hmm. something underneath that. Um, Who, who you have to be to write this book. You might need to take on a little bit, something different in how you're operating in the world to do this, um, who you're writing it for. It could be yourself too. Mm-hmm. Um, but like these types of questions are really, really important and not to just answer in a, in a moment They're to sit and reflect on and to really dive into. Um, They're really important that the answers to those and the true, the true answers are, thing. are what either gives you the motivation or absolutely destroys your motivation. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and people don't realize they're going to come back to those, this foundational work over and over and over and over throughout the whole process. Mm-hmm. Um, and we also, you know, look at um, creating, we create a book plan during this mm-hmm. um, basically an outline, but I don't like to use that word because people get, have flashbacks from, you know, like yeah. <laughs> in high school. Um, so, and People are afraid of outlines. They think they're going to cramp their creativity. And it's, it's 
a little bit of constraint that will set you free, really. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. I can speak from experience. Like once that was in, uh, yeah. Yeah. You can see the whole picture. So you, you can you, see the whole picture. And if you get stuck in one area, you can look at your other areas and, and you don't have to necessarily like, Oh, okay, this isn't coming today, but you can see another area that is because you don't necessarily write a, a book in order. No, you don't have to write a book in order at all. Um, you can write even even a fiction. I mean, we're sp- mostly talking about nonfiction right now, but even a fiction book, you can write scenes. You write scenes, mm-hmm. and, yeah. you know. Um, but so we talk about we we do all of that. We also, um, you know, talk a lot about the compassionate practice that you mm-hmm. need to engage in to to do all of this. Uh, we bring um, your compassionate other in, your compassionate self in. Um, and the reason is because when you are in threat, when mm-hmm. you are in threat, all you see is everything through the threat lens. A hundred percent of what you see is through the threat lens. So, that makes your book really difficult to write if you're mm-hmm. coming from a place of threat. And the threat is your, your threat system is, is not like, we don't want to eradicate that. We're not trying to take that out. You need that to survive, but right. we need to have enough say internal safeness to be able to have like a toehold on there um, right. that where we can feel safe enough to create. And without that, that's what happens when you're in right when you're experiencing quote unquote quote unquote writer's block. You're in such threat, and your nervous system is so completely dysregulated that you cannot be with yourself and the page. Mm-hmm. To do what you need to do. I would like for you quickly. This is a little piece about dysregulation because I think there's an obvious dysregulation. When somebody is in a big emotional obvious, mm-hmm. but what does in, invisible dysregulation threat response, what are some of the ways that can show up? Because my experience is, I used to say, I remember a therapist asked me one time, um, actually a psychiatrist asked me, I was doing some meditation and they were like, have you ever experienced any trauma? And I was like, no. And in my mind, I I didn't necessarily have the after school special kind of trauma. Mm-hmm. And so there was a difference between these big obvious things that are on the Hallmark channel. Mm-hmm. And then now what I know and see are invisible dysregulated states that are, quote, holding people back, that are disrupting their lives and work that do that that can disrupt so for example procrastination Mm -hmm. what are some of the other ones that writers you know you you wouldn't necessarily see it if you saw them on the street because they're not crying or bleeding right but what does that threat dysregulation look like for some of your writers well i would say Procrastination is a big one. People talk about that all the time. Right. And I really don't think that a lot of that is true procrastination. When mm-hmm. I feel like when we don't give ourselves 
um, enough space in like the landscape of process or time Mm -hmm. um, or content. Um, Mm -hmm. You're writing a book, those three, those three landscapes, process, time, and content. um, If you haven't given yourself enough space in all of those landscapes, you're going to feel constricted and feel like there's something wrong with you because you can't deliver except Mm -hmm. that you haven't given yourself the space to fully embody whatever you're trying to write. Mm -hmm. So, and everybody has a different process. So when you're first starting to write, um, you won't know what your process is. And so I, you know, I'm always talking to people about like, let's experiment with different times of day for writing with you. Let's experiment with different, um, like, what are you going to do before, during, and Mm -hmm. after your writing practice? That's really, really important because people don't think about before or after. They just think Mm -hmm. about the during. But the during can't happen if you haven't had some before thought Mm -hmm. and after piece for the next time. So um, setting yourself up for the most optimal experience that you can have. Not to say that you're not going to still have little pieces that ha- come up and, but realizing, okay, what do I need to, if I am, if I am always stressed when I, let's say, I don't know, pay bills or something, um, writing time probably should not come right after, after paying bills <laughs> or before paying bills. Or yeah. Before paying bills, either one, it should not come anywhere near that time. Um, if you feel, uh, if you notice, I really like to have silence or white noise when I am writing. And yet I always go to a coffee shop to write. <laughs> um, that's going to be a problem. That's not going to mm-hmm. be a situation. And your, your nervous system is going to be dysregulated because that's not what's best for you in your writing time. Right. Um, but people don't think about that. They just think like, well, everyone goes to a coffee shop to write. I need to go to a coffee shop. Right. They don't think about the other elements of nurturing practice. Right. That It's really the structures and the, the exterior structures that create the space for the flow to come through. And exactly. like so you said, we're just thinking about the flow. I, I, and I can correlate that to so many things in life, right? I, I've become this structured person. And, you know, the me of 10 years ago, her eyeballs boggle because the structure has set me free because when there's a structure or a routine, I'm not thinking about all those other things. Right. And so the, the space left is to write. And so part of my process still, I'll never forget my book published December 8th. Was it or six? I can't six December 6th um, on D day. Um, and is that D-Day? Did I get that history right? Pearl Harbor, December 6th, Pearl so. Harbor. Um, and on December 7th, I showed up for writing practice and my husband was like, what are you doing? And I said the same thing. He stood in the same place and I said the same thing he'd said for a couple of years before. I said, I'm going to writing practice. And he was like, you published your book yesterday. And I was like, I know, but I'm a writer. And so I still, that is a part of my nourishing practices. Am I working on a book right now? No, but 
I have continued the writing practice. So that's another offering we can talk about mm-hmm. um, because you do have your group clients and then you have some people who have um, d- decided to, to go all in on the whole, like W H O L E holistic. Like it's, I don't want to just say whole process because it's a whole process yeah. in the best way, right? Like mm-hmm. mm, it's just, it's nourishing. And um, so Mondays and Fridays um, are for your, your just your one-on-one people yeah. come to writing practice. And then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, it's open to your one-on-ones and your group people. Yeah. But there's a, there's a group of us that meet very regularly. And it is fascinating because you see other people in an experience that like, I see other people in an experience I had and I go, Oh, I recognize that. Or it validates mine and it actually neutralizes some of the difficulty because it, it, you realize that it's a part of the process. There's nothing wrong with you. Yeah. Like one of the things that people don't like an okay day, an average day, that there was no big aha, there was no big dilemma, there was nothing outside of whatever box. Just an okay day. I came, I wrote, I was done. I did what I thought I was going to do, and it was fine. It was totally fine. And sometimes people get really nervous when that happens because they're like, there was no like tingles, there was no, you know. Feeling of like, I just wrote the most awesome sentence in the world. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. Every day is not going to be like that. When you show up occasionally, you have probably more experiences of that like aha moment because you don't do it very often. And then when you do do it all the time, you realize, oh, there are some days where you're just doing the work. And mm-hmm. that's what makes those aha days really awesome. And that also what makes the really hard days tolerable because you know, there's a range here and I can be here for all of it. Um, But you don't know that if you only do it every once in a while. And the thing that gets a book written is regular writing, Mm -hmm. regular writing. And that doesn't have to be every single day, but it has to be consistent and it has to be pretty right. I mean, like it has to be often. Um, and because it becomes a part of your being as you're sitting there talking, I think I even wrote early in the book is like, who do I have to be to become the woman that has published this book? The publishing is not just a doing the writing is not just a doing there's identity and beliefs. And there's, there's a state of being mind, body, spirit, skill, um, practice that is behind it. And so all of your, the things you've set up in your business, which I've participated in all of them, have um, provide the container, the incubator, the um, the both structure and the caring heart, um, the direction, the organization to become like I'm. I'm a writer. I didn't just write a book. I am a writer. Mm-hmm. Um, and now future books. Seems so much less daunting to me because you have um, the practice set. You have the yes, practice set exactly, yeah. exactly, and um, yeah. So it's, and I think there are people out there. If you had asked me before I wrote my book, I probably would have certainly had some parts that were like, 
you know, hoping for it to be the Amazon Prime style of flow. But my soul knew that this process would be a relationship with myself in this work of art. I have said so many times that writing a book is the best self-development you will do. (laughs) It really takes you through all the things. It is. All the and things. your right aligned clients aren't the ones who are going to want to write like a machine. No. Right? Like we can refer you to other people in the industry. That's not. But if, if, if you are somebody who, that you know that a book and the getting to the book is a part of your soul and soul work, um, Heather just might be your gal and um so there's heather but she also has a team of people i remember i mean i can look at my book now and see it and somebody was like did you design that and i said well yes and no i did actually on in a journal page with my watercolors design something and handed it to your designer and she made it into the cover Mm -hmm. and actually everything other than the font is my actual paint paint and right. she was able to manipulate that so you know you you Even have the strips on your the sides of the pages yes you put that you painted that and we gave it to the designer and say we want this on the edge of every page um, and not that you have to have that but i was somebody who wanted something very personal but i don't do like i i needed it up leveled but you have you have the designers you have the red line editors you have. Um, I also um, invested in marketing support with um, y- you and your team. And that was so helpful in, um, in figuring out how to position my book on Amazon. There's a lot of other logistical things that we haven't really spoken about today, but there, there is this whole service agency that you have yeah, and yeah. Um, that takes so much of the um, unknown out of there. You know, I remember asking you a question because I had no idea and my anxious parts would start to, you know, wanting the future solve a problem. And you're like, you know, you, you know, you don't even have to, it's not even something you have to look up. You just know how it works. So um, I wanted to acknowledge that too. Um, we're coming close to time. So let me take a pause and take a breath. And I want you to pause and take a breath. And... see what comes the, the phrase your next author came to me i don't know who your next author is i know some of who your current authors are and some of who are going to be publishing soon what? Um, and i know some of the people i'm in the company of having my book published with your publishing company but what comes to your heart when you think of the next individual you're working with hmm. I think, you know, I said this a little bit earlier, but everything is about relationship with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I can help someone to deepen their relationship with their book, with themselves, with um, the content that they're writing, um, that is the most exciting like all inspiring thing that I get to do. Um, mm-hmm. And that's why I love it so much and stay in it. And, um, and because I, 
So when I think about the next person, I get when you said like, what, what comes to your, I just feel excitement and anticipation around like, who the next person I get to like help them with that relationship. Um, it makes me so happy. It just makes me feel like, oh, I can't wait for that. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to do, um, I'm going to do a quick fire answer. Okay. But these are hot topic. Okay. Chat GPT. I want your honest reactions. The thing that just came to my head was, don't be scared. <laughs> don't be scared. I, it's so funny because I, you know, I, I know a little bit about chat GPT and there's, you know, I hear some people say all these things, but as somebody who's been through this process, chat GPT can never take away the process that I went and through. So that's why I say, don't be scared. And I, for that, I, um, I mean, sure. It can string together words. It can, you know, do those things, but. <laughs> For me, the most unique thing about thing about someone's book is their voice. Mm-hmm. And that nuance, that lyrical quality, that cadence cannot be copied or fabricated by AI to me. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're writing a marketing paragraph about something, okay, maybe, I don't know. Uh, but like not a book. This is not what we're doing here. Um, so that's why I said, don't be scared. Um, I think that, you know, it has its place and purpose and that's, you know, if you're doing research on something, maybe that'll be helpful. Um, but, uh, not for writing your book. Right. I'm not scared about it. <laughs> um, I'm not scared. The second one that is, um, I know is a little hot potato is write your book in a weekend. Oh, that's my immediate reaction. <laughs> I happen to um, have become friends with Heather over the last seven years. So I know some of the shit that burns her up. Yeah, that definitely burns me up. Um, I get so incredibly annoyed with the write your book in a weekend. That's not the type of book that I'm going to be writing. That's not the type of book any of my clients are going to be writing. So if that's the type of book that you want to write, then I would love for you to write that, but not in not with me. <laughs> but there's a desire under your irritation because underneath all irritation is desire. If you could put the desire into one word, what's the desire? I would say my annoyance around that is that you're missing out. I want mm-hmm. you to have this full, full experience and there's no way you can have it in a weekend. Mm-hmm. You can have some experience in a weekend, but you can't mm-hmm. have this experience in a weekend. Mm-hmm. You need space in the writing process. It's required. You change during the writing process drastically. Mm-hmm. And you cannot have that reflected in your voice in a weekend. Ugh. <laughs> I know. I bet you. Okay, I'm going to ask you something that feel good. Um, what are you currently reading that just makes you pee your pants soulfully happy? Mm. Well... Um, I know you're reading a few things, but yeah, I'm reading a few things. I just finished recently, um, a book by Maggie Smith, which, you know, you could make this place beautiful. That Mm -hmm. just, I was so exultingly excited about that book and, um, on so many levels, so, um, authentic, raw, um, and the, but the thing that like got me the, her lyrical, uh, style and how she put that book together the organization mm-hmm. of every, 
single little thing I was just so incredibly in love with. Um, yeah. So that book, I finished that recently. It wasn't like right at the second, but, um, a fiction book that I really enjoyed. It wasn't, I mean, I really enjoyed it. Lessons in chemistry. That was really fun. And really, I, I enjoyed that little break. I, um, I really enjoy, um, reading, uh, YA books sometimes too get a totally different voice in there. Um, I loved um, uh, TJ Clune's book, the um, the House in the Cerulean Sea. I mm-hmm. love that one. Um, I'm. I also really enjoy um, Percy Jackson series tra- <laughs> books. <laughs> because- he has lots of book friends too. Yeah, because they're just so light and fun and inclusive. And um, I am currently reading um, the Trials of Apollo series, which um, is a few in from the first one, but um, it's told from the perspective of the Apollo, Apollo, the the Greek god Apollo, Mm -hmm. but he's in human form and he... um, starts each chapter with a haiku, which I think is hilarious and awesome uh, because I think there should be more haikus in the world. Uh, Mm. (laughs) um, And I have, you know, books of poetry. I have so many, but I could go on for a long time, but there are, um, I I do like, if I start to read a book and it is not something that is going to like improve my life in some way, (laughs) I'm not going to. I put it down because you are somebody who has a very busy life right now. And especially the last three or four months, you have a daughter graduating and going off to college and a family reunion and, and all sorts of things. And you are still somebody no matter how busy you are. And you have a handful of one-on-one clients that are getting close to their pub date where you're doing, you know, the final big edits. And, and um, I mean, you're in all places with, all different kinds of your clients. And that's just from what I see. And you still read every single day. Yes. Um, and I, I love how you remind me there are some mornings when I come to writing practice and actually reading is the best thing to do for my writing practice. And so that's one thing we can leave you listeners right now with is put down your phone. As soon as this podcast is over, wait till we're done. We're almost done. We're going to tell you how to get a hold of Heather. Um, and you're going to put down the podcast and you're actually going to pick up a book and read yes. for 20 minutes. Good writers, <laughs> and, good readers, good writers are good readers. It helps every single time, every single time. And I will say last Friday, and I read a bunch this weekend too, but last Friday I sat down and I was working on the book you were just talking about. You could make this place beautiful by maggie smith and i read for about two and a half hours it was a little broken up in chunks but i actually read paper book in hand and um there is something magical about that 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 i think can get lost if we're not committed to it so awesome uh yeah so your website is cm collab c-o-l-l-a-b.com yep 
you have your course coming up. You have writer's practice. You have your one-on-one work is all on that website. You've yeah. also written a couple of, and published a couple of books. I forgot that with the intro. Yeah. Do you want to tell everybody but, about the books that you've published and written? Yeah. So um, I have a daily book called 40 Weeks um, that uh, I, I published back in 2015. There it is. It's so pretty. Um, and uh, I love that book. It's it's really um, comforting. It's bring you back to kind of regulation place type of book, I think. At least for me, it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have a, a like a companion journal with that. I have um, also a book that I wrote with my husband um, called Freedom. It's a book for teens on how to use mindful compassion in their lives. And a lot of the same things that I use with, um, you know, the practices that I use with my writers are similar to those practices in that book too. Um, yeah, it's a very visually appealing book too. I have a copy here. Yeah, I may. I was gonna say I may have. I have your forty weeks in my like daily open up and read one a day section. There's freedom. Yeah, it's a very visually appealing, and e- if you have a short attention span, um, it's just broken up really nicely to be able to. Yeah, so I think adults would like it too. Freedom. We've yeah. had a lot of adults say that they. they yeah. love it. Whoops. Yeah. I'm having trouble with this. <laughs> hey, listen. I'm telling you, I'm work with teaching adult skills about things like we didn't have that available to us no, when we were kids. Boy, so we I were told to stop that crying bullshit and shove it all down. And so I think there are plenty of us adults that um, it's awesome to have the courage to learn new social, mm-hmm. emotional, nervous system, compassionate skills with ourselves. So yeah. Yeah. Um, thank you so much for coming and sharing y'all. I just, I cannot tell you enough. I saw um, one of my fellow writers, Karen Goldfinger Baker, was on here saying hi. Um, yeah, um, it's some of the most valuable work I've done. I'm really proud of my book, Unarmored, and um, it has. We are coming up on a year since I published my book, and I'm still in your writing practice, and I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for having me, Allison. This has been. You're great. welcome. Y'all can also find, and we'll put all of Heather's social media, the compassionate, what's your Instagram? Cause it's not under Heather Doyle Frazier. It's under compassionate writer or the compassionate writer. I think it's just compassionate writer. I think it's compassionate writer. Also, we'll be sure to put all that in the show notes, but yeah. um, you can connect with Heather on social media or through her website. Um, if you have any questions about that process, feel free to ask me. It was holy. And so I highly recommend it. And I'm glad we got this workout to the world. Yay. Thanks, everybody. Bye.